Good morning and welcome to Community Connections with Children's Services Council of St. Lucie County. I'm just one of your humble hosts, Sean Boyle, and with me is Ashley Mock. And welcome to the half hour highly caffeinated radio and Zoom TV show and podcast because you know, if we find an, a fourth media option, we will make this radio show we'll that as it. well. Yeah. But welcome to the best way, and I shouldn't say the best way, the funnest way to learn about resources and things that are available for children and families in our great community we call St. Lucie County. Now, we at the Children's Services Council, despite hosting this radio show for nine plus years, and let that sink in, folks, nine plus years. Ashley was 12 at the time. And I had a full head of dark hair instead of some gray hair and a little less hair. But nine years ago, we started this radio show to connect you and you, the listeners and now viewers and podcast listeners to resources that are available in the community. We like to do it through a kitchen table conversation that we like to think is just fun um, and entertaining and obviously very informational. But we are qualified to do this radio show, one, because we begged and pleaded and 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 work with Larry and Alice Lee to get on the radio on 104.5 The Flame, but also because at the Children's Services Council, we work on five things in our community. And those five, I should say five priorities. And those five priorities are, one, making sure every baby is a healthy baby. Two, stopping child abuse before it happens by building strong families. Three, keeping kids off the streets. By the way, I'm impressed that you're not counting with me. Four, Damn, you just can't see my hand. Okay, four. <laughs> Four, because I need I need training wheels. Four, keeping kids in school, and five, keeping kids off drugs, alcohol, and other risky behaviors. And we do this by offering programs and resources for all families in our community. That's right. And Sean said this might be the most entertaining way to learn about them, but there's several different ways that you can find out more about our funded program partners. One great way is on our website, which is CSC slc.org. We share a ton of information there about our funded program partners. There's always contact information for them. Most of the time, it might even link you right to their website, which is always helpful. Um, But we also share a lot on Facebook and Facebook is kind of that place where you know, you, you can find out what your high school friends are doing, um, but you can also learn about things that are happening in the community. And we've gotten some really good feedback recently about some new things that are happening in our community. Um, so I, you know, Facebook's not all bad. I feel like it's gotten a bad I, rap I'm, in the I'm last laughing. couple of years. You, you, you made me smile because you stole my line, which makes me <laughs> think that we've been doing this radio show together for a while. For a long time. No, I feel like Facebook's gotten a bad rap in the last couple of years, but it's still a good place to go find information, right? It's gotten a bad rap because people are crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not necessarily the platform, although you could make an argument for that. It's it's what it's people, people choose to use it for that You're sometimes right. can be a little frustrating. So there you go. We're using it for good and we share information that's relevant to parents. We share upcoming events. We share information about our programs. All so we would strongly all good. We encourage all of our listeners, viewers, and podcast listeners, I got to think of a better word than that, uh, to <laughs> subscribers to uh, look up Children's Services Council, St. Lucie County, Facebook, uh, Children's Services Council, St. Lucie County. Make sure you put in the St. Lucie County part and like and follow our page. But I will say, Ashley, as far as Facebook users go, and I keep bumping my desk, sorry, uh, uh, you are very good about, I mean, most of the stuff that you post is very uplifting and positive or about your family, which I I, you know, I love, I love seeing that, that, that you're posting and stuff. And, and I do the same. I, I kind of shifted my face. My Facebook post used to be for my mom 
because I didn't live nearby her. And that was a way for her to kind of stay connected. She has since passed, but I've taken it upon myself. I follow kind of your lead. I'll even say like Will Armstead's lead to make sure that what I'm posting on Facebook is positive. So here's the thing I feel like about, I'll go on my Facebook soapbox for a minute, if you will. I, 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 like, I like sharing the positive, but I think sometimes it's important to share the hard too, because oh, yeah. the humanity you, of it, you paint this picture of yourself on social media. That's like, everything is rainbow rainbows and unicorns and you know, whatever. I did not share on Facebook that my eight-year-old threw a granola bar at me this morning, but I did tell you that. <laughs> And you should have, it would have gotten a lot of likes, <laughs> and, but Feeling every parent, the spring well, break burn. <laughs> and what was my reaction when I, when you told you me that, it. no, I didn't say, that. oh, that's what Tom said. <laughs> no, I said, at least it wasn't a hot wheel because that's every parent has gotten something thrown at them by their child. That's and true. To your point, that's something we can all relate to. And you're right. It is important to put on Facebook because look, you know, and this isn't what this show is about, <laughs> clearly, but if you're on Facebook and you're looking at your friends and you're like, man, their life is amazing. Right. Keep in mind that it is filtered, edited, and not really true life. Yes. There is a lot that's not being shared there. So I try to keep it real sometimes too. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a valid, <laughs> valid point. Plus it adds so, a little humor sometimes. Right. I, I'll say that. So there is something that we're getting ready to share on Facebook. I'll give our, our listeners often get exclusives from us. So we'll, like we'll get that. So we're getting ready to share our annual report. And so you'll see that coming on Facebook. Um, it's at the time of this airing is probably already on our website, but we're going to talk about it on our Facebook page because you know, I think you and I always say this when we're out in the community, the annual report is a lot of facts and figures and numbers and data, but that's all a story. And every single one of those numbers is a person or a parent or a child that has been impacted in our community by our program partners. And that's important. And we want to make sure that that story gets shared. So we're going to keep talking about the, the information in our annual report on social media. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, because I think sometimes it's, it is, I think you and I live the life all, all the time. So we know what's in there, but I do think that when we talk about it out in the community, it's eye-opening for some people to kind of see the impact that's being had um, and, and the lives that are really being changed by some of the programs. I, I have an idea and I guess now we're going to capture it. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to <laughs> articulate it well, but you designed the annual report. You're very good at that. You utilizing the data that, you know, our Tanya and Jim kind of consolidate and make it you know, we always make it very easy and there's pretty much one page per priority, which makes right. it easy to display and easy to talk about. What if, and just what if we did a radio show dedicated to what's inside the annual report and we could go page by page. And, and, and I know saying that out loud sounds really boring, but I promise you it's not. We're we very it to you. It's, it's designed to be read in five minutes or less. So uh, we could go through it and kind of articulate it and, and share. I think that would be worthwhile. We could, yeah. Because again, to your point, and, and I feel like we talk about this in the community, but it's not always to everybody, especially not all of our listeners, but there's a lot that can't be said on a piece of paper. Right. right? So like the data is great and we love sharing that and talking about it, but there's a lot that that we can't say um, in numbers or in words that 
that we can still share about those stories and about those families. And I will say, um, before we shift to another topic, uh, in regards to the annual report, you know, whenever we, we put it on the website and you start to look at it, please keep in mind that none of what's in that annual report could happen without many, many uh, partners. Um, and I, the obvious one is our funded program partners, um, because we partner with them to provide those resources. But it goes, it grows well beyond that when we think about our community partners. And quite honestly, the viewers and listeners of this podcast, or sorry, of this show, I will get that right one of these times, uh, <laughs> of this show, make it all possible. So while we we kind of talk about what our impact was, know that when we say we, we don't just mean the organization, we mean really the community. Yeah, definitely. All right, real quick before we get to our guests, uh, it's this is broadcasting the radio part on Sunday. Uh, that means tomorrow on Monday, we are starting our second uh, go around of more than a game. So if you know of a father or a fatherhood figure that likes basketball, like this guy or like John, um, and so the hook is uh, uh, f- uh, 10 consecutive Mondays, I believe. Starting this coming Monday from 545 until nine, you may think, wow, that's a long time. That's two hours of open basketball. That's the hook to get the fathers in. They're going to be able to play ball, which is an indoors at the uh, um, old Y building in Fort Pierce, which is called something different now. It's the Fort Pierce Recreation Center. Yep. Uh, I know it is the old Y building because that's where I broke my nose. Guess what? Playing basketball when I was an adult. (laughs) But included in that basketball is is getting together with other fathers and fatherhood figures, whether it be uncles, grandfathers, or caregivers, um, talking about important topics of fatherhood, how to uh, remain active in your child or grandchild's life, but also learning about the resources that are available to fathers as well. So we're very excited about it. It's a partnership between us and Kids at Hope and the Roundtable. And big kudos to John Caesar, who uh, really pulled together his two passions, which are definitely basketball and being a father and, and striving to be a good, dare I say, great father. Those are his two passions. Go to our website, cscslc.org, and look up More Than a Game. I believe it's on the front page mm-hmm. and sign up and you can be part of it. Yes, we're excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And I know actually that today's guest is actually one of the featured speakers that gets to go and talk to those fathers. So how's that what for a segue Great for you? segue. Right? You see that? So we'll, uh, we'll talk about this image that was on there when we got there. <laughs> a little, a little off, that's a little office reference for all you office fans. Uh, that'll be a whole nother topic show conversation. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> whole different podcast. So uh, we've got with us today, Will Malone from Hibiscus Children's Center Supporting Families in Crisis, which I feel like is one of our favorite programs to refer to out in the community. I'm Hands pretty down. sure Sean and I probably say Supporting Families in Crisis 10 times a week, if if not more than that. Um, but we're excited to have Will with us today. So Will, we were just kind of making the transition to you by talking about more than a game, which will actually get started Monday. Um, but I know that you are featured speaker for those guys um, and that there was really great feedback from the last time, um, from the last is, session. So I'm excited well that you're speak- going back. Is Will the featured speaker on the first Monday? 
I don't know. I'm in you're like, later. Like week seven or eight. Yeah. Oh, you're later. in the fourth quarter. You know, so <laughs> I, I don't play basketball. I'm a hockey guy. So because well, I, I thought we were going to be best friends on your office reference, but now you hit me with hockey. I don't know. I have to rethink uh, this. I, I, I stand in the key. I'm the guy that takes the foul. That's all I can okay. do. Right. All right. That's, an important for that. <laughs> That's an important role to play. So, well, let's talk a little bit about supporting families in crisis. Again, the program that Sean and I probably talk about the most in the community, but give us kind of a little background um, about what you guys do and how you work with families in our community. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you again for having us. Um, so basically supporting families in crisis, we are a home visitation program to help a family that's in crisis at the moment to help alleviate any possible abuse or neglect that could happen while a family is under stress during a crisis. Now, a crisis could be a thousand and one different things. So um, right now, primarily, we're seeing a lot more issues with utility assistance and housing. <laughs> um, housing is going crazy. Um, a place that was $850 a year ago for rent is now about $1,200, $1,300 a month of rent. Um, and unfortunately, even though salaries are starting to go up a little, it's not catching up to what the rent's going up to now. So our families are really having to choose between, do I pay the light bill do I get some food or, you know, do I try to pay the rent? So, and this can put a family in quite the situation of stress that not meaning to, but could cause them to be neglectful or abusive to their children, trying to figure out what to do. So a family, what they do is they call us and we um, do an intake with them over the phone. And there's only three simple requirements for them to have our services. One they had to have at least one child, 17 and under, living in the home, obviously. Um, two, uh, they had to be a resident of St. Lucie County. And the third one is they cannot be currently investigated by being under investigation by the Department of Children and Families for Abuse and Neglect. And the reason for that is even though they're not founded for abuse and our goal is to help them, you know, you know abuse prevention, it becomes a duplication of services. So that's why we don't get involved until after um, that investigation's over. And if it's not verified, then we can work with the family. So they call, they do that intake with us. We get some basic information. So that way we know where to go, um, who do we have in the household, current situation. Um, and then we go in, we do a home assessment and we, get their family history, find out a whole bunch of stuff. If they've had past issues of abuse and neglect, um, whether it be sexual abuse, domestic violence, substance abuse, any of that. And what we do is we address the initial crisis. And let's say this time it's for rent. So um, we do have some funds available to help with rent. It's really more to finish off what they're already short. Um, and then what we do is we refer families to other organizations that could possibly help as well with the rent and all that. So we get that situation kind of covered if we you know, fast forward through stuff. 
And then we find out that there's a lot of other past history with the family. So then we, we've been able to help families with getting mental health counseling for their children, for themselves. Um, we do, I've worked with many families doing paperwork for public assistance, social security, um, even now with all the, um, the funds for COVID with uh, rental assistance. Uh, if anybody who's done any, uh, seen any of this paperwork through the state can realize it's pretty complicated. Um, so it gets very frustrating for our families. So we'll go in, we'll help them do the application, walk them through the steps, you know, and hopefully they get some, you know, get the assistance that they need. I mean, we've been able to help families get Social Security. We've been helping people left and right with uh, with the COVID funds right now. Um, so we just so well. Let me let me uh, let me just. I'm gonna I want to back you up for one second. So when you say a crisis, if my understanding, and I believe you mentioned this, the crisis is defined by the family, right? Absolutely. We're we don't determine it. A family calls us saying. We're about to be evicted. It could be, it could be housing. It could be their children's behavior is um, getting them, you know, frustrated. It's whatever that family is going through at that time. We don't, you know, we we deal with the initial crisis, and then by doing that assessment I was talking about, we can find out other family history that they may want to need to deal with or help with. Um, uh, uh, you know, paperwork, whatever, whatever the family needs, we will work on. So, so when you say the family defines the crisis, like you said, it can be whatever that family is experiencing. So it could be like, I, like you said, I can't pay my electric. I, I don't have any food. I don't have any housing. Those seem like immediate crisis, but, and I, I'm being playful here, but my kid keeps throwing granola bars at me and that's stressing me out. That could be a crisis, right? Oh, absolutely. Children's behavior. Yeah. Well, Listen, my daughter's 23 and I still go in and get into crisis with her <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, you know, so. I, I feel you on that one, man. It's whatever. And then, not the way. <laughs> and our, our family advocates, we, we kind of just work on almost everything. So we can start behavioral, um, you know, parenting stuff and then find more appropriate referrals depending on the children's age and all that for more intensive, but we can kind of start off with basics. Um, myself and actually all my family advocates right now, we all originally started at our Jensen Beach shelter or residential facilities. So we've all been trained in behavioral modification and, and all that. So, you know, dealing with 36 kids in one place. So we're able to kind of use some of that behavioral modification to help off you know, in the beginning and then find appropriate um, programs for, you know, for, you know, more long-term. Well, I think one of the things you just said too, that's important, Will, is that sometimes the family may call requesting help with A, right? Mm -hmm. But when you guys get in there and you start talking to them and uncovering some of the things going on, you might identify B, C, and D as being the real problems that may be causing A to happen, but, you know, you deal with those underlying issues too, which, you know, is really important sometimes in a family's dynamic. Yeah. Our families, they kind of, sometimes they have the blinders. It's that, 
okay, I'm about to be evicted. I can't cover the rent. But then you find all those other, you know, it's, it's all about problem solving with a family, teaching them the proper skills to help them. I, if we can do one thing with them besides avoid an eviction or anything like that is to teach them to, for, to see the crisis before it escalates. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they don't realize it until they're in the middle of it. So now we tr we're trying to problem solve with them and teach them like, all right, this is what to expect. I mean, we work budgeting with them and we'll show them, hey, this is what you got to play with each month. If A happens, then, you, you know, we teach them Rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, it's, you know, utility so, company won't cut you off this week, you know, so you pay this. So I assume that's probably why, because you're right, you know, one crisis, you know, I can't pay my rent. But that's the reason why when you go in and you meet with the families, you talk about more than just their rent that they need. You yeah. talk about everything, not to be not to pry, but just to make sure that all the resources that are available to them can be connected with them based upon their family dynamics, for lack of a better way to describe it. That, and that's exactly it. We're, we're just trying to, to, to help with whatever they got going on. I mean, it's, it's a bigger picture than just that current situation. So we're trying to help them deal with their past stuff, get those services in there. And, you know, we've been pretty successful at it for, you know, quite a bit of time. So, And, and when you get, I just want to make sure all of our listeners and viewers and subscribers, see, I got it, Ashley, uh, are, are well aware that um, it took me, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but I got it. Uh, uh, when, when you say that you give them a number of resource, you don't, you're not just going in like setting them with for them with a half hour, an hour, and then giving them a list of places to call. You're actually like, it's a, what I would call a warm handoff. You're working with them to make sure that they're getting connected to the right person. You're, you're not just like, here's your list to do. And you know, our work is done here. Yeah, no, it's not like that. I mean, we'll, we'll give them a list, but we'll walk them through, give them the steps on this is because they don't, sometimes they don't, it's hard for somebody to ask for help. So that when sometimes even us, when we do the intake, we kind of have to talk them down because they're already like, hey, I'm being evicted. What are you going to do right now? It's like, well, I have to do this. And so we talk them down, you know, and then we try to teach them if, if they have social skills with, you know, problems with the phone, talking to people, we kind of tell them, listen, you, this is how you kind of ask and this is what you do. You know, if there's paperwork involved, they need it, we'll help them with the paperwork. We just don't give them a list or go, hey, fill this out and, you know, good luck to you and all that. We, I mean, we're with our families for up to 120 days. So, okay. I was just, I was actually just going to ask that how long you typically stayed with them. Um, and I know that you guys actually monitor them even longer than that to ensure that they don't have any interactions with DCF or yeah, anything so like that. Yeah, so I mean, a family can work with us anywhere from, we you know, minimum I prefer is like you know thirty, I, but we um, can go up to one hundred and twenty days. The average length right now is about ninety days with a family, um, but like you said, with the follow up. So I mean, we run, we do ninety day follow ups with them after we're done with them, see how everything's going, if there's any problems to call us. Um, a lot of our clients, they actually have us, have me and 
the other advocates on speed dial. So it's like, they're just calling our cell phones, like, <laughs> you know, so. I have you on speed you know, dial too. Well, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun sometimes because I've been doing this. I've been with the program 20 years, so I've served a lot of families. Um, I've been with the agency going on 26 years. Um, and there's been a lot, a lot of families, so I can't remember everybody. And they just like, hey, Will, how are you? I'm like, yeah, great. Uh, who is this? You know, so, and then it's like, okay. So, it, but it's uh, one thing if I'm really proud about the program is um, most 95% of our clients are, it's from word of mouth, from neighbors, friends, community. Um, it'd be nice to have more referrals from agencies besides you and Ashley uh, emailing me. Uh, but it's like, hey, a neighbor told me to call, you know, this and that. So the word of mouth, I'm really proud of. So I think it just shows the neighborhoods that we're not going in there, prying in their history to right. want to take their kids that we actually want to help them and all that. So. Well, I yeah. think I think your title of your team members of, of this team, the Supporting Families in Crisis team as family advocate is a very appropriate name because you basically become their advocate. You're their champion. You're there to work with them, help them navigate the system, and you're their biggest cheerleader as well. Yeah, I mean, that's I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, it's because it's it can be overwhelming, especially if you're in a crisis and somebody telling you no, it's like, okay, well, let's move to the next one. It's, you know, there's, it, it, it can just be, it's just really frustrating the system sometimes mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of red tape and all that. So we try to get them through that tape. So, well, I want to make sure that if anybody's listening who maybe has, is experiencing a crisis or knows somebody that might be benefited by the service that you and your advocates provide, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you guys um, how can they do that? And I know sometimes, obviously, you guys get a little overwhelmed at times, but uh, I always tell people when we tell them to call you that if they leave a message, you're going to call them back. Yeah, we we get back to them within 24 hours of calling. I mean, we have three advocates right now, so we do kind of have a couple of days a week where we have someone at the phones all the time, but a couple of the days they're out on the road. Yeah. So we will get back What's to you. What's the number? Give us the number. <laughs> oh, Sean usually does the number for me, but I guess <laughs> I So our phone number is 340-5044, extension 422. I could have done the number for you, but we always like to guess the number. But I appreciate <laughs> and so, again, we're going to, because we're getting ready to run out of time here, because, you know, we had such a good conversation with you, Will. It went by really fast. But just a reminder, if you have know somebody that's experiencing a crisis, and again, the family defines the crisis. So it could be I'm getting granola bars thrown at me, or it could be I can't pay my rent and I'm going to get evicted, and everything in between. Uh, just simply call 772-340-5044. You're going to get a, 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 an answering service or whatever, punch in extension 422. Yep. If you get a direct person, great. If not, leave a message, leave a detailed message with your phone number because they will get back to you in 24 hours. Because again, they are becoming your family's champions. They're going to become your advocate to make sure that you get the resources you need to be successful. That's no, absolutely. And, and we've luckily, since you guys funded us the extra advocate last year, 
um, we're able to get out to a house even quicker. So like our wait list is almost non-existent now. I'm kind of doing the assessments and then getting them pushed out to my family advocates as quickly as possible. So you say not sitting, they're not <laughs> sitting for a long time worrying about the sheriff's knocking on the door to kick them out or anything. You say there's no wait list, but you just went on possibly one of the most popular radio show programs ever. <laughs> we hey, don't know get on a wait list, when you we'll... get on that show, your number will get higher. <laughs> the phone will start ringing. Well, that's what Sean's telling you. I wish we would have done this before the RFP. I would ask for another advocate. <laughs> hey, we can negotiate. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some ideas that came up in our team meeting today. So, um, <laughs> all right, folks, we are out of time. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, besides such a great program, again, supporting families in crisis for those families that are experiencing a crisis to get connected with a family advocate, to become your champion, to get you through that crisis and beyond, call 772-344-5044, extension 422. Um, and we'll, you know, thank you for everything that you do in the community. You know, if you if you'd learn to like basketball even more, you'd rank even higher on my list, but you're pretty high already. So I'll try. It's just, I, I, I like the hockey. Sorry. And, and I would baseball. You like baseball? Oh, baseball is my true love. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Now you're higher on Ashley's list. It's, it's a jockeying back and forth. All right. I'll remind everybody that it's a weekly radio program every Sunday at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Flame. And if you're like Sean, I know that because we're listening to it on the radio. Then you can check out the video version on our Facebook page. And you can see that Will was holding a stress ball during this interview. Um, and if you want to make sure that you get, you don't think I didn't notice that. And, and, and if you want to stay always on top of it and you're like, Sean, I'm in and out with the radio, subscribe to the podcast on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple and Google. Um, just look up Community Community Connection, St. Lucie County. You will find it there. And we want to thank you for listening and tuning in. And remember that it's our children, our community, our future. Now more than ever, folks, we're all in this together. We'll see you next time.